0: Good evening, everybody. Here, uh, welcome to another thoughts on this one. Should be pretty short. Uh, the The wine of choice tonight is a Chappellet Pinot Noir, which is a uh, pretty good kind of classic California. And the topic for tonight is the difference between stability and strength. So I've been, as some of you might have seen, I've been training for Sinister, which is sort of like a kind of ridiculous but but uh, and daunting <laughs> task for kettlebell stuff. You can look that up. And I realized along the way, or I had, I I bumped into a a little bit of a a speed bump, so to speak, where I was having a difficult time. Like my right shoulder didn't feel great, didn't didn't hurt, but just didn't feel right. When I started putting a really, really heavy kettlebell overhead for Turkish getups. And so I decided to start rehabbing the shoulder and in kind of thinking about what do I need to do? I, I realized that there is a an important distinction, important difference between stability and strength uh, that I think is oftentimes not respected in the rehab and the strength training world. And so I wanted to just chat a little bit about that. If you listen to people kind of in the rehab world, in particular and certainly in the strength training world, they oftentimes conflate these two terms. So they kind of think that they're almost synonymous in worst case scenario when in reality they're separate and distinct phenomena. And if you understand the difference, it's going to completely change how you dose or load that, uh, that prescription or that exercise, right? So strength, just to keep it real, real simple, is about the ability to generate force. Okay, so contractile strength of the muscle, um, or you can just think of it macroscopically like, you know, pressing force or pulling force. And so the ability to generate force is what strength is all about. Stability, as I've ranted on a bunch of times, is kind of a, a terrible term. But it, but what we mean when we think stability is we mean control. And we're talking about what I call joint position management. And a stable joint is able to maintain good control, good positioning of the joint, whether it's in motion or it's static. It doesn't really matter. Um, It's actually the difference, adding in motion is the reason the term stability in the classic engineering sense of the word kind of falls apart. So we really want to be thinking about motor control, and that requires a tremendous amount of um, afferent uh, perception. So perception is a prerequisite for control. And so if, if we're going to train stability, we're really kind of training afferents. We're improving afferent stimulation, improving perception of that joint, really. So um, when we're thinking about the two of those, they're obviously related, but they're different. Okay. So if I'm doing a motion, it may or may not require strength. So the you know, if I take this this glass of wine and I bring it up to my, my mouth to try the wine, that doesn't require a whole lot of actual strength, but it requires this complex symphony of neurology. There's there's a tremendous amount of afferent and efferent information going in and out of the brain or directives and, and afferent um, information so that the, the brain can actually micromanage and modulate the muscle coordination as all the the moment arms and the other forces influencing you know the arm can accurately bring the glass to my mouth. Okay. But that doesn't require a lot of strength. It requires a tremendous amount of stability, but not a lot of strength. If, however, you know I'm doing something like um, picking up a barbell off the ground or throwing a shot put, right? That's probably a bad example, because you know, my spine has to actually move there. I don't want full rigidity of the spine, but the amount of force that I'm generating is incredibly high. So, in order to maintain a stable spine or a stable shoulder, that's going to require tremendous amounts of strength, and that's where they kind of overlap. It's in its strength is required for stability in environments or movements or situations where a lot of force needs to be generated or um, mitigated right handled so they're they're, they're just clearly related right but if you think about that um, when you're programming for someone if the goal is stability that's going to be completely different in how we're doing that. And I'm going to dig into this here a little bit than it would be if we're doing strength, okay? So broadly, if we're talking about strength, we're really kind of talking about two major factors, contractile force of the muscle, and then, of course, muscle coordination, right? So that there's a neurological and a structural component to that. And it's, of course, more complex than that. But in general, that's what we're talking about. So when you're training for strength, you want to be loading, no pun intended, the exercise in such a way that you're going to improve the contractile force of the muscle um, or the contractile uh, force, you know, of the movements. And then also the muscle coordination. We need to be doing that. Now, if stability is the focus, then that's, that's really, you want to, let me back up here. If, if the focus is stability then you want to challenge stability with that exercise. So you can have the same exercise, but you're prescribe it differently. If the focus is strength, then you want to challenge strength because remember, we want one, we want to improve motor control. The other one, we want to improve contractile strength or, or the amount of force that uh, um, the joint or a specific movement of a joint, I mean, they'll say external rotation of the glenohumeral joint can actually create right. So those are two different goals, and the same exact exercise can can serve either one of those depending on how you load it or how you dose that right. Sets, reps, load, tempo, contractile speed, all that kind of crap. Right. So when we're talking about um stability it's really going to come down to two factors you're going to talk about what's the dose so that's going to be sets reps and load and then also what's the setup and really those two scenarios those two factors are going to be the main difference between an exercise that is either set up for stability or set up for strength okay let's 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 use an example here if we're doing External rotation, right? Clental humor, external rotation. I bring this up because this is the thing that I've been noodling on for this. If the if the goal is stability, okay, I'm going to do a couple things. Number one, excuse me. Number one, I need to challenge stability. So that means that I need to provide as little stability as possible, so as to make the the, the brain and the body work harder to stabilize the joint, right? So I'm putting it in an environment where the adaptation is improved stability. That's the goal, right? So that means I'm not going to be providing a lot of stability to that joint. I call that exogenous stability, meaning outside of the body stability. I'll kind of explain that here in a second. And then I'm also gonna load it in a way where the time under tension is higher and the rep, um, the the movement is, is performed slower So as I'm going to have a better ability or or we're going to give the brain the ability to actually feel the movement, right? Better afferent stimulation, it's going to be doing it over a longer period of time. So more reps, more time under tension, the longer it's executing a movement, the more time it has to improve its perception of that movement. You know, increased perception means increased control. So... That's how you would make an exercise like, you know, classic external rotation bias for stability. So let's take the same movement now and let's now turn it into a strength movement. And this is kind of what I've been doing because my goal or my, my task is I need to be able to have a stable shoulder when I'm doing Turkish get-ups with a 48-kilo bell, which is 105 pounds. And that's no easy task, right? So that's certainly an example of a case or a scenario where in order for my joints to be stable, they must also be strong. And that's where I started thinking about this. So if I'm going to take the same movement, external rotation, I have to change the setup and the dose. So how would I change the dose? Well, I don't want to be doing reps of 15 or 20. That's not going to result in increased contractile strength of the external rotators, right? I need to be in that that strength hypertrophy range, right? So that's going to be, you know, time under tensions, let's say 15 to 40 seconds, somewhere in that range, um, depending on what I'm doing. And so I need to dose that differently. So the load needs to be a little bit higher, obviously relative to the joint or the movement. So glenohumeral external rotation is not the strongest motion on the planet. So even though it's not going to, it's going to be like a, a TheraBand, But that Theraband relative to that joint needs to be pretty high so that I can have adequate muscle tension to produce strength, right? And then I also need to stabilize the joint, provide the joint with exogenous stability so that I can better load the movement, okay? So what I was doing is I was doing glenohumeral external rotation with a band, right? I'm band resisting this. And originally, I had the elbow on, on a bench. And I was just going through external rotation. Now, there's not enough friction in the bench in order for me to get really good, to stabilize that elbow so that I can externally rotate harder, right? So there's a lot of muscle coordination that has to be weight, not wasted, but used to stabilize the elbow and the shoulder. So the amount of actual external rotation force that I can generate or torque um, that I can generate is going to be less, okay? So then what I started doing is I actually started posting um, on the medial side of my elbow, or I started doing it with my elbow against a rig. So the, the forearm is on the other side of the rig. I'm holding the band, right, pulling me into internal rotation so that I can load external rotation. But now I've given myself a tremendous amount of stability so that when I go to externally rotate, instead of my my elbow pushing forward and, and needing the body itself to control that, I've got my elbow pressed up against something so that now I can strongly load external rotation. And what this does is by giving more exogenous stability, I'm able to better load the movement And so that I can get the adaptation that I want, which is increased strength of the movement, right? We want increased strength there. So that's, that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately. And I think that if we take any rehab exercise and you think, okay, is this a stability exercise or is this a strength exercise? You can load them differently, dose them differently, right? Sets, reps, speed of the movements load so that you can either, Be challenging stability or you can be challenging strength. Now, last little note on this any movement that you're performing is providing a lot of afferent stimulation to the brain. It's learning the movement. So there is always a stability component to every movement, even if it is, you know, dosed for strength. But I think by providing that exogenous stability, like I just described, you can now load the actual movement or the muscle more so that you can adequately stimulate the adaptation that you want. Increase contractile strength, whatever the case may be. So um, I guess in review, when you guys are sitting down and you're thinking about dosing an exercise, whether it's a lunge or whether it's external rotation, like a rotator cuff exercise, what I want you guys to do is think about, okay, is it for strength or is it for stability? If it's for stability, you want to provide as little exogenous stability in the setup so as to challenge it more. You want to slow the movement down so the brain can feel it better, right? And you want to have greater time under tension so the brain has more time to perceive the movement to improve its ability to control the movement. If you're taking the same movement, but now the focus is strength, what I want you to do is loaded in such a way that you're going to stimulate that adaptation. So you need to have that time under tension, you know, 15 to 30, excuse me, 15 to 40 seconds ish, right? You're going to have the reps or six to 12, six to 15 reps so that you can actually get hypertrophy of those muscles, right? Structural adaptation. And you're going to have uh, more neural drive. You're going to have more of a neurological adaptation, right? So you're going to load it correctly. And then also the setup needs to be such that you're actually providing additional stability, exogenous stability to the movement so that you can better load the motion that you're trying to train. So it doesn't matter what the movement is. It doesn't matter what the exercise is. It doesn't matter, you know, who you're working with. When you're prescribing an exercise at home or in the gym, I want you to think: Is this a stability exercise or is it a strength exercise? And now, and try to tease out those two factors: how you dose it and how you set it up, like the amount of exogenous stability provided to the joint, so that you can better target the goal, or you can better um, accomplish the goal, be it stability or strength. So that is all I have. Um, enjoy your afternoon, and we'll see you next time.